superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Miami Dolphins 70, the Denver Broncos 20. Impressive, man. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Do you even stop talking at some point when you're beating somebody like the way you were beating them, Raheem? I just tell them to check the scoreboard. I think that's enough that needs to be said. Earlier on the show, NFL Network reporter Steve Weish. Still to come, Fox Sports college football analyst Bruce Feldman. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic is going to join us in about 20 minutes' time in studio. It's College Football Wednesday right here on our show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. If you're on hold, stay on hold. I promise you we will take your phone calls. Our third hour is wide open. I've got my power rankings to bring to you. Robert Sala has spoken about Joe Namath speaking about his quarterback. And we'll see if he thinks he's not helping the cause. (laughs) As Aaron Rodgers told Pat McAfee on Tuesday, every day is a new drama. It's a narrative generating machine, this National Football League of ours. Steve Weich, my colleague from the NFL Network, and you can check out at the NFL Report Mondays and Thursdays, 7.15 Eastern time, Steve, with uh, my colleague James Palmer on the NFL app and the NFL Fast Channel right here on Roku. If you have Roku, Fast Channels all over, including Channel 210. That's the uh, channel that we're on every single day from 12 to 3 Eastern and repeat as soon as we're done if you missed any of our show. Um, Check it out uh, on Sundays as well. Andrew Siciliano is going to be sitting in this chair while I'm in London calling a couple games, and I'll be zooming in from uh, across the pond as well. Um, he uh, hosts that show with Steve Weich, NFL preview on the NFL app and the NFL Fast Channel right here on Roku on Sundays. So uh, Steve was just here. A lot of great chatter uh, with him. I told you that Chiefs defense, that's the one. That's the one. That's the side of the ball that has them 2-1 and one right now. And also, um, interesting comments about, you know, Devontae Adams doesn't think there's anything personal with Josh McDaniels. He's just sick of the losing. Not used to the losing. That's what happens when you're in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, right? Right. And you leave to go play with your college quarterback. Always dreamt of playing with him. And then the coach that's new there sends him home for Christmas. I mean, that's that's what's at stake. I read the rune. Devontae Adams and the Raiders are here in Los Angeles taking on a Chargers team equally one and two. You want to talk about stakes. The loser goes to one and three and falls a game and a half behind the winner of this game with the Chiefs, we're assuming, getting ready to boat race the Jets in front of the whole country and maybe Taylor Swift on Sunday night on NBC. What a big game this is. And then for the Raiders after that, a Monday nighter at home against Jordan Love, the Packers. 
Devontae Adams' old team. Next two weeks, the Crucible in Vegas, where the whole shooting match will be decided. The final table of the NFL <laughs> will be in Las Vegas. Um, it's getting uh, it's getting hot there. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the show. Uh, let's go uh, to a phone call right here and uh, take uh, Mike in New Jersey. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. You got it. Where in Jersey are you? What exit uh, yeah, are you what from, exit, Mike? Mike? What exit? Uh, my Mike in New Jersey wants to know what exit yeah, what are you ex- from. What exit? Um, I live off of exit 129 on the Parkway. Where's that, Mike Del Tufo? Where's okay, it? I gotta think so. 145 is uh, 129. Right, yeah. Hold on, don't, say, don't say it. You are uh, 129. You Sayerville? Uh, that's a little south. Uh, Perth Amboy. There we go, Amboy. everybody. Oh, you're right across the street oh, from my home town. Perth Amboy. Nice. Hey, stay tuned on the next episode of the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, how do, how well does Mike Del Tufo know his Garden State Parkway? I mean, I was close. All right, Mike, what do you want? Uh, I was close. The Mike on the phone in New Jersey. What's on your mind? What do you got? Uh, well, for, well, first off, I'd like to shout out to my coworkers at Meridian Management Group. Oh. But oh, um, okay. I have two questions for you guys. Well, first of all, I called a couple of weeks ago about who would be the last undefeated team, so thank you for carrying that along. Well, what would you say? Uh, well, no, I asked you guys, and ah. I love the debate that you guys had. I didn't have an opinion. Okay, we're still there. But, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, my two questions are, Who's the most surprising undefeated team, and who's the most surprising winless team to you guys? Most surprising winless team to me would be, would you go, the Vikings? I didn't think they'd be winless through three. Yeah. I Thanks for the call, I Mike. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, Vikings. Wouldn't they be 0-3? I'm not surprised about the Panthers or the Bears. Right. Right? Broncos. That's surprising. I'm you think the Broncos, Broncos would be 0 3 too? But the Vikes too, like. But the Vikings. I thought the Broncos would beat the Raiders, so yeah. Yeah. You want to split that one 50 50? Uh, and the most surprising 3 0 team. Obviously, I'm not surprised that the Eagles and the Niners, I thought that they'd face each other in the NFC uh, championship gaming, and you'd have to go with the Dolphins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. You'd have to go. And the way that the 3 0, they're not a soft 3 0. <laughs> They're, no, I mean, they, they're, they're, they should they're have like, lost week one, really. They're, they're, they are, are, are you really surprised? Though? Look, the, the Chargers, the Pats, and the Broncos, those are all winnable games. I don't. Well, I'm just saying, well, the way the Chargers game played out, they, no, I, they I thought, should have lost I that, thought a million but. percent they were losing the, the first game here in Los Angeles, yeah. that the Chargers would come out looking the way that they did, and the number of times the Chargers had them, they just couldn't cover Tyreek Hill, which, by the way, might be a season-long problem in the National Football League. As a matter of fact, the Chargers, the Chargers have come the closest. I, I know New England, you know, kept it somewhat of a game in terms of the, yeah, I, I, that. Just never felt that was closer than the score, or not as close as the score indicated. Well, um, and you know what's kind of crazy? Seventy to twenty wasn't as close as the score indicated either. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so Justin Fields is talking today. We'll get that soundbite for you because uh, the last time he spoke on a Wednesday, kind of made news. So we'll see what he has to say. That'll be in hour number three. Let's talk Dion a little bit here because uh, we've got our friend Bruce Feldman coming in here. And obviously it's been a very Dion-centric world in college football. The same way that the Dolphins have taken the NFL by storm, Colorado started 3-0 and as well. And then we saw what we saw in Oregon, and that's kind of not a surprise because I think Colorado will struggle and struggle mightily when they're taking on teams that can 
whip them physically in the trenches. And I believe Dion already knows he's light in those regards, that no matter how many new kids he could bring in, no matter how many of the transfer portal turnstiles were turning in his favor, no matter how many guys who didn't get Louis Vuitton put in their hands and stayed, that you couldn't remake the entire roster into a national championship favorite winning team right off the bat, and you got to win in the trenches in the NFL and in college football, and Dion knows that. And uh, USC might be a, a big problem in that regard as well. Coming up this very weekend, and it's entirely possible they're three and two because they also know they're going to have problems if they're injured at crucial positions like, say, Travis Hunter not being there. So the question is, is, you know, how does Dion handle the losing? That's the question. And I think he's handling it so far in the same way that you would expect. Pitch perfectly. And what do I mean by that? Him saying, you know, I heard I was told, you know, that I'm fighting for clicks over here. And I hear that I'm taking receipts. But, hey, we just got our butts whipped. We played like hot garbage. But get me now because this is as bad as I'm going to be. Now, USC might show up today and say, well, on, on this weekend and say, well, hold my beer. But the whole part about the doing things for clicks, I keep saying to you, as I said last week when I heard it from anybody in Colorado State saying about the way that he comports himself and then now the clicks, whatever he's doing with cameras on the kids and cameras on himself and all of that is he's selling himself because the best way to sell the program is to sell himself. And then the winning will come because he's going to get the kids. And that, sure, it's, it's, it's confusing to people. It's completely anathema to people to see a coach talk openly of Heisman trophies for his kids because they're filling the kids' heads with things they shouldn't be filled with. And it's entirely possible that some kids that are in his program are also thinking it's about the clicks and it's not about the hard work and the preparation to get to the winning. How will Dion handle that, right? I mean, wouldn't you think if there's a kid who sees a camera on him all the time, mm-hmm. maybe that's why they go out there and stomp on the Oregon O. Maybe that's why they're maybe not taking their gig too seriously. How will Dion handle that? And I'm not assuming that this is what has befallen one of his many five-star recruits that have gotten people's attention. Apparently, there's a couple more five-star recruits that he is bringing into Colorado this weekend to see everything. You know, he's in full recruiting mode all the time. Always be closing, always be recruiting. Cormani McClaney, five-star cornerback who joined the program in January. Apparently not getting a lot of playing time these days or as much as you'd expect. Why? This is how Dion answered that question this week. mentioned last week that Cormani seeing the field was up to Cormani. 
Uh, I wonder if you could elaborate on what you want to see him do, one. And two, did he help his case? Study, late, prepare. Late, late again. Study, morning. prepare, be on time for meetings, show up to the darn meetings. Understand what we're doing as a scheme. Want to play this game, desire to play this game, desire to be the best in this game, at practice, in the film room, uh, and on your own, free time. You do know that I check film time for each player upon the week. Thursday, I need film time from the whole staff so I can see who's been preparing. And that's just not about commodity. That's about a multitude of them. So if I don't see that, that it, you would be a fool to put somebody out there and they're unprepared. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't do it. I'm old school. I'm sorry. Did, did Oregon help in that regard because he got out there late? Did what you What saw a score. Time? Shoot. I started to put you out there at one point. <laughs> <laughs> see that Broncos game? It would have looked like that. Leave, hey, hey, leave my guy alone. Leave my guy alone. I love the Broncos. You know I love their coaches. Sean Payton's my guy. He's going to get it right. I promise you that. I believe in Sean Payton. <laughs> wow. That's, That's classic prime. That's, That's hilarious. So that sounds like the guy that was in our production yes. meetings on the planes yeah. and, you know, in the van on the way yeah, to the stadium. So like that's the that's that's, the that's not an act, folks. Oh, he turned this into Mike Singletary there. And he did. Yes. He went, can't won't do it. do it, can't, can't do, it. do it. I'm old school. Can't do it. Yes, TJ. Yeah. went with him. This is old And he had school. his answer rich before the question was even, he was like, show up for meetings. Study, yeah. prepare. He yeah. cut off yeah. the question yeah. and he said, show up to the Dern meetings, which means I yeah, don't know if this kid on. is. Right. Yeah. Seems like. So until, you know, note yeah. to the Buffalo players who might think it's maybe themselves is about clicks or about, hey, look at my press. Look at this. Look at the NIL deals. If you don't do the hard work, your ass is out of there. See and he will find somebody who can figure out how to play for Dion and play in this system to win. And he will. And he yes. will. And he Trust me, he will. They're coming, get, man. Get him now yeah. because this is as bad as you're going you're gonna to get. And I, I actually responded to someone on Twitter who, you know, who, who basically – because um, I saw this video and somebody's like, yeah, some like Dion saying it, a guy who never went to meetings and never, you know, was always about himself. And it's just like Dion was one of the most prepared and studied players in the history of the National Football League. Again, I'll tell the I tell all of these stories that he told me that he used to back when he was with the Niners, he would get like an old VCR and set it up and place it on the the commode in his hotel room so the night before when he's prepping with a in a bath he's just chilling out calming himself for the game the next day and he's watching film that he would have the Niners prepare on a VHS tape for him to put in and keep going up to the last second he knows exactly like you can't just cover Jerry Rice with your own your right. own, your own, <laughs> your own physical attributes yeah. and instincts. Yeah, right. Like you best come prepared. Uh, that's funny to go against these guys again. Michael Irving. Ne- Irv, yeah. next week, next week is all about Cowboys 49ers week, and and the famous moment where Dion and Irv are are marking each other. Dion's marking Prime at Irv and in, in the NFC Championship game. To this day, Irv thinks. That it was an arm bar and Dion barks back at him about it not being pass interference. 
These are guys who have hearts of lions and physical attributes, but also the brains. They know exactly what you're going to do. And he's trying to instill this in his kids. And if they're not going to meetings, he doesn't care if they're five-star recruits. He'll get another one. Yep. But everybody thinks, oh, it's about... Honestly, this man is in his fourth decade of national fame being misunderstood and misrepresented. That's the real guy. He is old, he, he's old school, mm-hmm. but he's also putting a camera on for his documentary, and he's putting a camera on for his Instagram feed, and his son's in charge. One of his sons ranked the number one, I believe Bucky is, because he's in charge of the social media, which is just as important right now as as what's going on on the field. In and the if there's today, any kids yep. in that program that mixes the two up, that one is more important than the other, and the one is the clicks and the in the Instagram and all that stuff, their asses are going to be out of there. He doesn't care who they are. I saw that soundbite. I'm like, first of all, sounds like the guy I know. And oh, two, yeah. I want to talk about this because it's the latest example of what's happening there in Colorado. Yep. Let's take a break. Our friend... Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic coming out, talking about everything else that went down last week. And, uh, you know, where's that 11th Irishman? Where is that 11th Irishman? Well, uh, yeah, I want Where know. is he? It's right here. Uh, he's right here. To, uh, Rudy. I could have used you. Even right here. Get in the game. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Roku channel, our radio audience rejoins in two minutes' time. First of two times, I say hello to you, Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports and The Athletic. Good to see you. Great to be seen. You said you saw me jump in someone's mentions. Is that what you were saying? I did. It, it was like I did a double take because you always wonder if it's a real, if it's an authentic yes. Rich Eisen, not an imposter. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it was like somebody took a shot at Dion in the comments. Yeah. 
and saying that he, you know, who are you to say a kid should show up at, at meetings and practice when you didn't do either of those things as a pro? It's just like, look, I, I know you might, you might think you dislike, know. but you don't know. And you never will to go full Jim yeah. Moore senior on people. But <laughs> I, I very rarely will do that. Um, but sometimes I, I take a look at whether uh, the comments are part of a well-trafficked video. And then I, I just some some comments just can't go without a, a, a correction. You know what I mean? That's oh, what look, I, I mean, we all have our, you know we all have experiences with certain people, and that's the expertise and the insight. And I think you know sometimes people wade into it, and other times they go, you know, I'm not gonna push back on this. But when it's like it's an ignorant comment oh, in the good truest Lord. sense, but. unbelievable. So all right, so well, when the radio audience returns, there's lots to talk about. I mean, that was a wild. It was a wild crazy. Saturday. It was a wild Saturday. You got Lou Holtz getting in the middle of things. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get on that. Like, we're going to get on that. We got to get on that. Um, obviously, Alabama t- did take care of Ole Miss. They did. The now, end. you know, look, now it's a, another big game for Lane Kiffin. He's got LSU. Um, yeah, it was just a crazy Saturday. I think it was one of the better Saturdays we've had. I agree. Oh, that was great. Oh, it was awesome. I yeah. mean, start to finish new, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the noon games Absolutely. to obviously watching what Oregon did. Um, Dan Lanning's comments, I think, are going to echo for a while. Yeah. Um, and you see a little bit of the scare. Well, and then, and then, really and then there's also, when yeah. we'll get into it, Florida State seemingly knocking off Clemson for the year. We'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network back on the air. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. If you're on hold, stay on hold. Enjoy this conversation. We hope, uh, as always, great to have from the Athletic and Fox Sports uh, the man whose residency in Boulder, Colorado, only rivals that of, I guess, what would you say, uh, ushers in Las Vegas? Is that what it is right now? That, that's how it's working? Celine Dion. Right? Celine Dion in Vegas? Yeah. Uh, it's Bruce Feldman. It's the only time I've ever been compared to Usher or Celine Dion. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> that's why I've you're seen, here. I've seen yeah. Usher in concert. I, that's a huge compliment. You're going back to Boulder, right? Again? I am not. You're My not. colleagues are. No, I am actually going? in studio this weekend hey. for Fox. We have a really good game on our air Friday night. Tune huh? in for... Oregon State and Utah, yeah. um, and then a big um, with Chris Peterson and Mike Hill. But the rest of our guys will be back in, in Boulder. Boulder. Okay. USC is going to be there with Caleb and company, and we're going to see what Colorado, how Colorado responds to getting smashed in Oregon. When's Travis Hunter coming back? Any idea? I mean, we had heard that it was Dion had said it wasn't going to be for like three weeks, mm-hmm. and it obviously he's out one. Um, honestly, now it'll help him to have him back if he's close to one hundred percent. I don't. I just think this is a just a brutal matchup for them. I don't think right now, if USC wanted to, Marshawn Lloyd, I think could run for 250 yards on CU because mm-hmm. I think they have so many issues to deal with in terms of just slowing down the run. I think last week was the first week we saw Shador, who'd been near flawless in the first you know three games, look like he was you know, in, I don't want to say in over his head, but it was just, it was coming at him in waves. And that's a really talented front seven um, that Oregon has. Oh, and yes. It was, it's a road environment. It was just a lot. This was a big step up in class compared to, you know, they beat TCU and that was a good win on the road. In Nebraska, you know, they turned the ball over. Jeff Sims had given them basically two turnovers to get the momentum in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then Colorado State, they had their hands full. Now they have Caleb and USC. And by the way, USC did not look very impressive last week. 
was not a great game for the Trojans against a really, really mediocre Arizona State team on the road. So is Oregon the best team in the Pac-12? I wouldn't be ready to say that just because Washington has been has been just lighting people up with Kalen DeBoer's system and what Michael Penix has got going there. Um, you know, I think this is a fun time to look at the Pac-12 because even, you know, even if USC wins, you know, 55 to 21, people are going to go, yeah, that's the same team that, that Oregon just blew out. I, I think we're still on a, okay, how, how much better is USC's defense? Cause it was really awful last year. I think it's quite a bit better, but they haven't played anybody yet. And they've had moments where they've, you know, had coverage mistakes and they've just looked like they're a big work in progress. Shador is better than what they've seen before. And he still has some good skill guys, but I don't know if they can protect them. You know, and I, I just feel like people have a better feel for what to do against that offense that, you know, that that Dion's running there. But then you have, look, you have not just Washington. Washington State quietly has been, yeah. people need to be talking more about what they've done. Cameron Ward has been fantastic. The offense, new offense coordinator is a 27-year-old guy. He used to be an Uber Eats driver, and he's going to be a hot <laughs> name. Um, and, uh, you know, Fair or unfair, the only way they've gotten much attention after beating a really good Oregon State team last week was because Jake Dickert, their coach, had kind of poked at Lee Corso in his postgame comments, and that got a lot of a lot of ears and eyeballs. But um, they're the program that got left behind, you know. And and then there's Utah. There's, Utah, without Cam Rising, really nasty defense. I feel like every week when you've been on in the last month, and again, we love having you here, Bruce Feldman on Wednesdays right here on the Rich Eisen Show, that uh, we talk about Dion, and then we talk about, man, I can't believe, like of all the years for the Pac-12 to break up, they're as good as they've ever been, and the attention on them is as white hot as, you, you could say this is the most attention paid to this conference since Pete Carroll, right? Wouldn't you say that? Right yeah, now? and in that regard, back in those days when it was the Pac-10, you had Cal was really rolling. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was beating him. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you know, I mean, he didn't, you know, he's 23 completions in a row, almost beat them at the Coliseum. You had, you know, Marshawn Lynch, then later you had Deshaun Jackson. You know, Oregon was good, and then when Chip Kelly got there, they went to great. You know, UCLA had, the, had that one terrific year with our buddy Maurice Jones. Now Maurice Jones-Drew was mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, but it wasn't this deep, right? You know, there were times when the Washington schools were atrocious. You know, they were awful. You know, they went from New Heisel and then eventually they just backslid off the off the radar. But now, um, I feel like there's legit seven big time teams. And that doesn't even include, you know, you know, I I think Colorado's probably gonna come back to being a you know a six and six kind of team, which is still way better than what anybody was expecting and certainly what they were last year. But they, they gobbled up all the oxygen for the first month of the season, and it was great for everybody's business. Let's, you know, to credit, you know, I'm glad Dan Lanning pointed this out. You know, Deion Sanders has been great for TV ratings. Deion Sanders in Colorado have been great for TV ratings. They've been great for all sorts of anybody whose business is around it, mm -hmm. you know, and they carried the ball for the first month of the season. I mean, they're still going to be interesting, but now I think you're going to get, you know, Penix. Caleb, Cam Ward, Bo Nix, and all these guys in that league. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even talked about the, you know, much other than Ohio State and Notre Dame last week, you know, really about the Big Ten because your school hasn't played anybody of note yet. 
Um, and we'll see. Georgia's not played anybody of note. Those are the, you know, those are the powerhouse programs that we expect to be there. But it's it's been an interesting kind of I don't want to say subplot, but it's it's been fun. And Dan Lanning, I think, gave voice to what a lot of other programs around the country are saying. It's like, hey, we're winning programs here too. You know, you can pay attention to how we're doing it as well. It's just not as as uh, interesting or flashy unique, or unique yeah. or whatever you want to say uh, to the media. Because uh, yeah, you know, it's it's quite simple. You know, you're not Deion Sanders, one of the most famous people on the sports scene of four decades. You know. Um, but I, I didn't have a problem with what Dan Lanning had to say. I saw a lot of pushback about, you know, um, you have flash too with your uniforms or you, you, your, your, your concept of like you play for wins or fight for wins, not clicks was captured on a camera. You allowed into your locker room as well. You know, I've heard a lot about that, but it is, um, just a, a, a great bunch of, uh, um, competition, smack talk, that I, I don't recall from this conference. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see. It is. I mean? I mean, I think, you know, good, good on Oregon. Like he's a really good young coach. Oh yeah. And he's done a really good job building off what Mario Cristobal did there. And they're a physical team and they ha- have done, you know, Bo Nix is, um, you know, transition from really struggling in the sec at Auburn to, you know, just being the man in another level. Yeah. In Eugene, and I think, again, I think what's really fun about how this team and that program is go- gone is, like, there's no reason to think they can't, like, be a legit national title contender. And they have a bunch of elite athletes. The quarterback's oh, yeah. playing at a really high level. You know, to some degree, you know, the Caleb, Caleb in USC against CU, the, the commonality there, in addition to obviously some celeb factor that around both programs and certainly around CU now, mm-hmm. is last year I feel like Caleb took a lot of the oxygen away from some of the other star quarterbacks in the Pac-12. You know, he won the Heisman. He was remarkable in that system. But I don't know how many fans outside of the Pacific Northwest know just how good Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix are and how good they're playing. And you know, they, you know, Cam Ward wasn't, you know, he was fine last year in his first year in the conference, but he's taken it up to another level. And so, you know, that expression, like a rising tide lifts all boats. I do think that's what's going on in the Pac-12 now. And I, I love that this conference is finally going to get its due, albeit, you know, in a swan song mm. era. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic here and his usual Wednesday spot on The Rich Eisen Show. You mentioned moments ago Jake Dickert of Washington State calling out Lee Corso. It was a it was a rough weekend for octogenarian uh, commentators on ESPN. Um, didn't expect, didn't have on my bingo card, Ryan Day using his first blush moments in victory to call out Lou Holtz for his comments said to Pat McAfee, uh, I guess what you call Ty Schmidt, a producer, former intern, dressed as Lou Holtz. <laughs> that was uh, a phenomenal Lou Holtz. I, I mean, phenomenal. Uh, Lou Holtz, the Lou Holtz post that game segment was hilarious. Brilliant. It yeah. was brilliant. Uh, like a, with a Fogo de Chao reference and everything. It was really <laughs> brilliant. It was hilarious. He fall night long. So why, like, why what, is Ryan Day on tilt, man? Or like what? Walk me through. Why would he? Why would he call out Lou Holtz? Like because that. Lou Holtz became the face and the voice, uh, and he made it personal. He didn't just say Ohio State. It was his teams. And Ryan Day, let's not forget this, came within a last-second field goal of probably winning the national title last year. I agree. 
I hear you. You know, yeah. and I think what is he like thirty two and two right, since he's been there. Don't speak for itself. Who yeah. cares what Lou Holtz is saying? Who cares? I I think there was a lot of people there who are tired of getting poked at the fact that people think he's on the hot seat. That if he loses again for a third time in a row to Michigan, like all of a sudden he's got, they're going to have to fire him to me is insane. I mean, it is insane. This guy's record, what he's done there. Um, you know, like it's remarkable. And I think people forget this like, okay, he lost to Georgia. He lost to Georgia by a field goal, right? You know, he lost to, uh, to the arch rival back to back times. Those are really good teams. He lost to, I get it. It's Michigan. Um, but one thing he hasn't done, you know, my colleague Urban Meyer obviously has won three national titles and won one, you know, early in his tenure at Ohio State. You know, Urban had the games where he would lose to the team that you're like, how did they get blown yeah, out like by Purdue, Iowa? Right? How did they get blown out Rondell by Rondell Moore went all pew, 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 pew mm-hmm. on, on him. You know, you know like that, that happened. Ryan Day hasn't had those. You know, so it's like, do you get more ticked off because your team loses to the arch rival? Yes. But, I mean, to make it out like... Again, no, like, I, I'm with you, but what's going on in his his skull right now? Because I think he's a guy who's gotten poked at. Is he at. reading message boards? No, or? I don't think so, but okay. I think, I definitely think they feel the heat of all the chatter that has been around from the well, game last Smith year in Columbus. Is Smith the, the heat on? Gene or? Smith's about to leave. I know he's, that. You know, so. so I just think it's all the fans, not all the fans. I think it's a big chunk of the fans, but yeah. I think it's also a big part of the of the media discussion, right? And the fact that Lou Holtz went on, you know, Pat McAfee has a huge platform, and a huge no microphone. Right. And it's like Lou Holtz, you know, is like, it I think a, it, but this. It's a gag segment. Like he was talking to a guy in, a, in an old man. How mask. often do coaches, <laughs> like what are we doing here? how often do coaches, old coaches rip other coaches? But it's Lou, Lou's gone, like Lou's gone from the scene. And it's Notre Dame. And if, He's the king. He's the king of talking up Notre Dame. Like I mean, honestly, he's the king of that. I, I, I was there, you know, in the in the eighties when he had Rocket Ishmael ruin my senior seat, my senior year, Bo's last season. Like, I, does it matter if he's seventy eight or eighty eight? Does it really matter? It, but it just doesn't. It just he's old. You know, it just doesn't. It doesn't. It's it's. You're like you're Ryan Day. You just won at Notre Dame. I know. Look, trust me. My text is filled on the weekends with Ohio State Buckeye friends of mine talking about his play calling his stinks and this is just you know when they're when they're struggling against Indiana in the first half he's gotta go I mean that sort of stuff but he what, what's his go- contract what's his contract there I mean it's not like he's he's no. up right I mean no my guess is at some point Ryan Day will go to the NFL you and- do at some point, yes, because unlike the guy he followed, Ryan Day came from the NFL, right? He, he was worked with Chip Kelly at the Eagles. He has more of an NFL background. Quite honestly, I feel like he would be probably a good fit in the NFL. He's a really good offensive mind. We see some of that. Um, he's well thought of by his by his players. It's not a guy that people don't think, you know. The other thing, and again, I brought this up on our own, on the Audible, our own podcast yes, a couple of days ago, was... Ryan Day, and I'm not saying what I'm about to say should excuse him from any criticism, mm-hmm. but is one of the few coaches in college football who I feel like has opened himself up and jumped in on a really important cause of mental health and has put his money where his mouth is literally. And I know it's a personal issue to him, but he does some really you know, impressive work off the, the side. It's not like you see his program has guys getting in trouble all the time or all these other issues. Again, yeah. I'm not saying that means he shouldn't be criticized if his no. team doesn't beat the arch rival, 
but there's you know if i'm a a uh if i'm an ohio state fan i'm like man this guy i get it he followed urban he took some of the best parts of urban's program the strength program mickey marati the recruiting the recruiting piece some top assistants but the transition's been really good I think he's, you know, if there's somebody who's going to get you a national title, he's the guy. He almost did last year. He almost did last year. He were the ones that could have been in Los Angeles taking on TCU on that rainy night here and boat yeah. raced, mm-hmm. you know, TCU. Frogs, yeah. And by the way, I mean, how delicious would that have been for them? Michigan lost to this team, and then they're the ones who hoist the trophy, you uh, know, against TCU. It would have been a little bittersweet. Uh, I mean, it would have been a nightmare for me that Michigan actually beats Ohio State. They still make it and then win it all against That's your a team own that fault, boat ra- I, That's you know. your own. This name is the show is the Rich Eisen show, Bruce. <laughs> got it. Hey, look, I saw, I saw, I remember you and your son there, and I remember yes. everybody was very confident, maybe too confident. I, <laughs> I wasn't strutting into the stadium, Bruce. I wasn't strutting around. I was nervous as a cat. Because I'm always waiting for the trap door to open. But let's talk about uh, one last program before we, I let you go on the day. What's happened in Clemson? What what has happened with Dabo Swinney's program, would you say? I think the, the example there is they played Florida State, and they played them really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kate Klubnick looked really good. It's a game they probably should have won. Obviously, it's there at Clemson. But I think the biggest difference, and look, you know, it's not to say that he doesn't have any playmakers, because he does. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the team that beat them, this is drills down totally into it in terms of one team went all in on the transfer portal and the other team has really not, the other program has not at all. And so when you look at the players who beat them, Jordan Travis came from the transfer portal. He was a guy who started his career at Louisville. The four top receivers in that game, uh, you know, they all were guys who came from the portal. It was two receivers, a tight end, and a Trey Benson, the running back. I mean, two guys came from the Pac-12. One of the guys, Keon Coleman, came from Michigan State who made the game-winning you know, big catch. Trust me, I'm glad I'm not seeing him in late October. Yeah, you, you know what? You may be seeing him in, in whatever is late December or January, though. Yeah. You know, in the playoff. Like, right. they're really good. And, you know, Braden Fisk, he's a guy from, you know, kind of your backyard, or at least your alma mater's backyard, came from the MAC, and he is a disruptive, dominant inside defensive lineman, also a portal guy, Jared Verse, Albany, like SUNY Albany. Um, you know, he was another portal guy. Dabo Sweeney, I'm sorry, you can't tell me that any one of those skill guys, especially those three receivers, would be a massive upgrade to their offense. And at the end of the day, those guys, like Keon Coleman did, are going to make the difference maker play in a tight game. What's Dabo's, um, you know, rationale. philosophy rationale about no transfer portal in that regard? You know, it's similar to, I think, what David Cutcliffe used to say. You know, he was not going to be the guy who's going to tra- take a transfer quarterback or, you know, Feel like I'm going to be loyal to the guys who bought in, right. and I'm a you know, and it's noble. I don't want to dis, be dismissive like that. But when everybody else is doing it, it's like it's basically like you know we've all been on a golf course, and sometimes you you toe hook one into the into OB. You'd love to have a mulligan. The transfer portal is the mulligan to get you out of. Ooh, this didn't work out. You know, we had a kid get medical who didn't turn out to be as good. This kid got homesick and left, or we missed on these three guys in that position room. It's not to say you have to do what Dion has done or even what Mike Norvell has done, but you can upgrade parts of your roster that clearly need it. Um, and I feel like, and it's not just something, something I'm saying, it's most of the college football world sees it. They are hamstrung themselves by not being more active 
active in the transfer portal. Before I let you go, the, the games you're looking forward to this weekend are? Which one you got? Uh, I'm really looking forward to the game that's going to be in Austin this weekend, where Kansas is going in there. These might be the two best teams in the Big 12. Texas obviously looked really good against Alabama on the road. Um, and and look, Jalen Daniels is a you know it's from right near here, by the way. Like we could probably hit a golf ball to his house. Yeah, he's one um, of our glue guys from a couple of years ago. Phenomenal player, super smart, makes great decisions. Kansas is four and zero. I mean, Lance Leipold's a guy who is people now know who he is. He won sixty three national titles at Wisconsin Whitewater. Don't don't be shocked if they pull an upset there. Nope. But I'm to me that's a, this is a terrific matchup. Okay, great. And then Friday night on Fox, you'll be in the studio Friday for night, Oregon FS1, State and, Utah. Yeah, me and the great yep. Chris Peterson can't wait to see him. Can't wait to watch and Mike Utah Hill, again. And yeah, Mike, Mike Hill, Hill who sits in buddy. this chair on occasion as well. Um, and then your podcast, where all podcasts can be acquired. All podcasts, yeah. Check us out on the Audible. Okay. Um, Thank thanks again. This is so much fun. I love that you're you're coming here every week. Yeah, easy drive. Excellent. Is that why you're doing it? No, I come okay. here. Plus, you guys have good coffee mugs. It's okay. <laughs> he it's wants the mugs. The mugs. It, it, look, we're geographically sound, and we got good mugs. Win-win. Right. Very good. Thanks for coming in. My Bruce Feldman right here. Check him out on Fox Sports on Friday night. And then, of course, the Athletic and the Audible podcast, where all podcasts are acquired. Your phone calls when we come back. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What is your best sports memorabilia that you have that you're you're most proud of or something that you you love? Oh, it's uh, I've got a bunch of things that I love, but the one that I would have to say is the, is the coolest simply because it's not because um, I was a baseball player, so baseball stuff means a lot to me. Um, one year, a girlfriend of mine said, "If you could have anything for Christmas this year, what would it be?" Mm -hmm. And I said, "An autographed baseball glove from Brooks Robinson." Because Brooks was from Arkansas. He grew up in Little Rock, North Little Rock. And uh, I just loved him, you know, when he played with the Orioles. And uh, so I thought, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but if I could have anything, that's what it would be. And she chased him down. She got all the publicists and everybody else on the case. And Christmas morning, I opened it up, and there was an autograph book, a Brooks Robinson glove, and it said... Uh, uh, and of course, you know, the glove from him, that's the thing, because sure. of his fielding, you know, and it said from a huge fan, Brooks Robinson, I'm like, Brooks Robinson knows who I am. I'm done. <laughs> this this is this is all fine. Did you ever put on the Brooks Robinson glove, like literally put your hand in oh, it? Oh, I, I put it on, but boy, do I protect it. It's a, I, I finally put it in plexiglass because it's, you know, the name might rub off, you know. Yeah, you don't want to do that. But boy, that's a, 
that's a real dandy thing. Uh, McGuire also gave me a bat right after he broke it, you know. Uh, right after he broke the uh, the Maris? No, no, after he broke his bat. Oh, after. He, gra- he grounded out to third. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, you should say it was home run number 67, home but run 62. It, but it was that year. Okay. It was that year. And uh, yeah, he, he grounded out to third against the Dodgers and he gave me the bat and his batting glove, which had dirt all over it and everything. So I've got that. And uh, yeah, I got some good stuff o- over the years. <laughs> oh boy. Does that that's video that's have different uh, significance today? Back here on the Rich Eisen Show for our radio audience on the Roku side of things, we just showed a video of Billy Bob Thornton, the Academy Award winner here a few years ago, talking about his most prized baseball memorabilia possession being an autographed glove from Brooks Robinson. And he got it, uh, sent to him as a Christmas present. And it said, uh, from a big fan is what Brooks Robinson said to him. And he said, wow, Brooks Robinson knows who I am. That is the end of it for me. Very cool. Says Billy Bob Thornton. Because Brooks Robinson meant so much to so many people. So it makes complete sense of the outpouring of grief and sorrow and love for Brooks Robinson when we found out last night that he passed away at the age of 88. And um, clearly, he's a Hall of Famer from not just his hitting and his winning, his fielding. I mean, I think you could basically say... The best. Right? Yeah. That anybody who plays third base... Any kid who plays third base, you know, mom and dad is showing that kid video on YouTube of Brooks Robinson. That's it. Like he is. No doubt. He is for third baseman, the name of the best fielder, the guy who would play the hot corner in a most cool fashion. The guy who would take the hot liner out of the air or the most famous one where he's running full stride into foul territory to field a fair ball and leap and throw on one hop to get the runner in time for the out. That's the Brooks Robinson that we're showing on the screen with photographs for our radio audience on our Roku channel feed. And that's the Brooks Robinson that so many Orioles fans, O's fans will remember as well. Johnny Bench, did you see what he tweeted out? A Hall of Famer, fellow no. Hall of Famer. What did he say? Johnny Bench just simply said, I went 0 for 4 in hits to third base in the 1970 World Series. <laughs> didn't, didn't mention Brooks by name. The photograph we have on the screen, we just added to it. That's all Johnny Bench tweeted out. <laughs> That's I went 0 for 4 in hits to third base in the 1970 World Series. Pretty good. Right? <laughs> Sums it up. It's funny. And then, of course, the stories about, most importantly, about Hall of Fame is he's a Hall of Fame human. Um, Scott Van Pelt, friend of this program, Chris, you were telling uh, a story early on of what you saw on uh, yeah, Scott, on Twitter Scott himself, tweeted it out last night. It's a, it's a really long post if you want to if you want to reach out. But basically, when Scott was a kid, 
Uh, he was a huge Orioles fan. Obviously, he's from that area. He went to the game with his dad. Brooks Robinson at bat. Hits a foul ball. Scott's dad catches the ball. Uh, so now Scott has a Brooks Robinson foul ball. What a prized possession. So, of course, as any kid that age would do, you go home, you're playing catch with it. And Scott's like, I was playing catch with my friend. And at this point, I should add that we lived at the top of a hill. Well, my friend did not catch the ball, and the ball rode down the hill into the sewer and lost forever. Well, Scott worked on ESPN Radio for a long time, told this story. It got back to Brooks Robinson, who sent him a ball, autographed, hope this replaces the one you lost. (laughs) Just amazing. I saw on uh, Twitter as well a video of an elderly lady in in bed um what was described was her one of her final days getting a call from brooks robinson i mean i get misty thinking about just the beauty of humanity that the stories that are countless uh, what he must have i mean how do you find the time in your day i'm sure there must have been scores and scores of requests for this sort of reach out and the only time I met Brooks Robinson, <laughs> I've told that story before. I'll tell it again here. I was at a charity golf event in South Florida when it was on ESPN. And it was in one of those hotels that were spread out. You know, it was one of the resorts next door to Disney World. And I'm one of those guys, I don't like... When I go into a hotel, I like going up. I like going vertical. I don't like going horizontal. Just give me a room. I'll go in a hotel and I'll get an elevator. I'll go up. That's what I want. I don't want to get in a, you know, a van or whatever to get to some spot. Obviously, it's first class problems. But I'm just that's just the way I am. So it was a shotgun start in this golf tournament, 10 a.m., 10:30 a.m. And I was told to be ready at like 6:30. And I'm like, why? What are we doing? Like you gotta get it, gotta get to the course or whatever, and like there'll be a van to come get you. Like be out front at six thirty, and I did what I, you know, all single guys as I was at the time would do. Is I, I had a fun night the night before. My head was pounding, mm-hmm. pounding, as I was waiting for the van. Fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and I call the front desk, and I'm like trying to remain calm. You know, is a van coming to pick me up? They're like, what? We we don't know. We we don't have any van coming to you from the front desk. I'm like, is there anybody there? from the golf tournament that's there in the lobby. And then somebody says, is anybody here from such and such golf tournament? I could hear the yes. And somebody goes, yeah, I am. <laughs> that person gets on the phone and I'm like, yeah. He's like, hello. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting out here for this van. Trying to remain calm. Waiting for this van. And I've been told to be here at 630, even though there's a shotgun start at 1030. And again, my head is just throbbing. But in your 15, 20, 30 minutes, do you know when the van's coming? He goes, I, I, I don't know, but I can look into it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, I think to myself, I better get this person's name. I'm like, who, who, who is this speaking? And the person goes, this is Brooks Robinson. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Mr. Robinson. I didn't know. I, I asked someone from the golf tournament. He goes, yeah, I'm playing in it. <laughs> He's just like, I'll help. Hey. <laughs> He goes, yeah, I'll find someone. I'll tell him to send a van for you, Rich. <laughs> sure enough, within two minutes, the van comes around. Brooks got it done. Just Fielded it cleanly. Picked it out of the air. Taking care of business. 
He filled it everything. And I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> this is Brooks Robinson. This is Brooks Robinson. Hey. He's oh. just like, yeah, he's like, anybody here from the golf tournament? Yeah, I'm playing. Up. Well, how, what, what can I do? Did you have to like pause? Like, I, I know I'm drunk. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I wasn't drunk. I was hungover. Oh, okay. It's a difference. It's <laughs> 30. Uh, well, you're still like, kind of drunk from the night before. Oh, my goodness over. gracious. But I was, you know, if you will, figuratively drunk, having had an interaction with the man. Rest in peace, Brooks Robinson. What yes, a sir. sweetheart of a soul and a warrior of the hot corner. Meaning so much to so many people in the mid-Atlantic area. A Baltimore Oriole of the first A-plus variety. Back in the old Memorial Stadium in Balmer, Maryland. Rest in peace. 16 gold gloves. Oh, that's, a, that's insane. It's an absurd number. It's an absurd number. We will take a break. That's it for hour number two. The phone lines are lit, which is great news because uh, we love talking to folks. We love being interactive. That's why we're on the air here every day. Uh, but hour three, it's just us. I got my power rankings. I got these phone calls. I wide got open. the four, we got we got everybody here. You got us. You got us. Four wide. We're, wide we're four wide, and uh, and Robert Sala has mentioned what's going on there, and whether Joe Namath was a help or not. Joe with it. Oh my god. Hey, hey Ron. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> I knew that drop was going to come in handy. It's very funny. It's very Rich, funny. That is phenomenal. I told you the other, there's, a, there's another version to. of it too. There's, yeah, I don't want to do it. Where are you, Aaron? I mean, I, uh, bowl, I like baby. the second one. I, the, do, you do the other one. The other one? The other one might be we got to figure. Where are you? Where is Aaron right now? I kind of like that one. I like the I like this one. Aaron, where are you? What a sketch that where is, are man. You? Balake, are you? who are the other ones? Balake, D Nice, D Nice, Timofey, 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 Moscow. No, the first one was right. was J Jacqueline, right? Was uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I forget how he pronounced how he her name? It, oh um, my God, he's so funny. I just watched his ten times. Insubordinate and churlish. You mean Denise? Oh, oh, Shag Hennessy. <laughs> And Turlish. O'Shaq Hennessy. You mean Principal O'Shaughnessy's office? O'Shaq Hennessy. That's what we named that storm. He told that story about the, you know, the sketch of the Monday Night Football uh, players um, that um, he said Jordan Peele came up with the idea and yeah. said, you know, I'll come, I'll, I'll go home, I'll write up some names. He said he had like four sheets of like paper. Four pages of names. Right. In yeah, ten, yeah. 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 Ten minutes. Jacqueline. Yeah. Jacqueline. 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 You mean Jacqueline? Jack oh. <laughs> You're going to feel my wrath. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Got to have a good laugh. Balake. Very good, man. Balake. Balake.